0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. There is a new era underway for the program The Takeaway, heard weekdays on St. Louis Public Radio. We'll meet the new host a little bit later. And this era may one day be called the dawn of the age of artificial intelligence, AI. Think Siri and Alexa. Think autonomous cars. Where do we go from here? The answer has some people concerned, but in St. Louis, there is an active effort to be in the vanguard of this new technology. Entrepreneurs have put on their thinking caps, and with me to talk about AI and St. Louis's role in the technology are Katrina Brundage, a data scientist and legal analyst with Juristat. It utilizes analytics to prepare marketing and patent strategies. Sam Charrington is the founder of Cloud Pulse Strategies and the host of This Week in Machine Learning and AI podcast. David Karandish is the CEO and co-founder of AI Software. Thank you all so much for being with us. Great to have you. Thank, you. Thank In- you. Interesting subject. So many different ways to go on this. But Sa- <laughs> Sam, let me begin with you. How would you define artificial intelligence?
1: Uh, sure. So artificial intelligence, generally speaking, is the use of software to perform tasks that are typically associated with human cognitive tasks. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's another important definition that uh, comes up as well, and that is machine learning. Uh, And machine learning is uh, creating artificial intelligence by training that software using data. So uh, collecting lots of data that um, has both the information about the thing that you want to predict and uh, passing that through a software algorithm and then building out models that allow you to make predictions. Uh,
0: Predictions with any real degree of accuracy? That sounds to me to be way out
1: there. Uh, in many cases, yes. There are lots of great examples of uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, at work, uh, inc- including uh, a number of great uh, ones in healthcare, where uh, recent research has found that uh, uh, doctors, physicians, uh, and in this particular case, I'm thinking of radiologists, coupled with uh, machine learning algorithms or, or AI algorithms. Uh, can uh, exceed uh, the performance of humans alone in predicting, for example, uh, cancer in radiology images.
0: No lottery numbers, though. We're uh, not, not going yet. there. Not We're yet. We're not going there. Let's change the subject just a little bit and find out where we are here in the city of St. Louis with regard to this whole realm of uh, AI.
2: Yeah, artificial intelligence in St. Louis is uh, really starting to boom. Uh, St. Louis has been known as a biotech hub for a long time, and a lot of AI research is coming out of that, from anything from Monsanto doing uh, work on growing crops with more precision to startups like uh, the one I'm involved with at AI Software, building out artificial intelligence for the enterprise. We've got a big conference happening tomorrow. We are over 350 people from in town and from out of town. will be coalescing on the WashU Med School campus to talk about AI, talk about how it can apply to St. Louis and how we can build a better city.
0: And what is Juristat doing, Katrina, in this whole area?
3: So Juristat um, uses AI and builds AI tools to help improve the patent system by helping innovators and companies pick the right words, the right lawyers, and the right strategy for obtaining their patents.
0: Well, uh, that sounds like it's going to be a full-time job of uh, what we're hearing so far is (laughs) true. It definitely
3: keeps us busy.
0: (laughs) You know, a lot of people are concerned about this technology, Sam. I'm sure you've heard this. They they think that it at some point could be uh, out of control. Uh, Do you have any concerns about where this uh, could be leading?
1: I think a lot of that fear comes from a misunderstanding of where the technology is today. Uh, when we think of artificial intelligence, we tend to think of uh, things like the Terminator or Westworld. Uh, we tend to think of uh, technology that can uh, you know, think and feel like humans do. But the reality is uh, if you think of uh, the human intellect as akin to a Swiss Army knife with lots of gadgets, mm. uh, AI today is really a toolbox with very simple tools in it you know, a screwdriver, a nail, uh, a hammer, a wrench, things like that. Uh, And they can do relatively simple things. They can uh, predict quantities. uh, They can classify things into different groups. um, And they can, you know, group a lot of information into, uh, for example, categories. Uh, And so uh, it's really a – it's premature to be worried about some of the things that people worry about when they get caught up in uh, the media representation of AI.
0: Uh, David, one of the things that people do seem to be concerned about, though, are you know, the potential for robotic robotics uh, taking jobs away, and that a lot of people would find themselves unemployed as a result of this technology.
2: Yeah, I, I think with every major technological advance, you're going to have a shift in the job landscape. Uh, there was a time in which uh, horse-drawn, buggy folks uh, made a really good living, uh, and you know a lot of those folks uh, were able to transition into an automobile era. Some of them weren't. But I think we're going to be in a situation where we as a society need to help folks that are caught in between that AI transition to transition into new educational opportunities. But net-net, each technology change has not led to less jobs. It's led to more. Yeah. What
0: more but about but different? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Sam, I didn't hear, I... more but different, right. What about the legal aspects of this? Uh, is there something you can address there, Katrina?
3: It's definitely a fear that a lot of lawyers express, and their lawyers tend to be scared of technology. but one of our jobs as a legal technology company is to help address those fears and teach um, our customers how to use the tools wisely. And um, to build those strategies for obtaining their patents and doing their jobs more effectively, and more quickly, um, and ultimately serving their clients.
0: Can, can you give me an example of, of, of what might be considered a typical situation that you'd be confronted with?
3: So, for example, we have a company that's preparing to file a patent application. Um, they can use Juristat drafting. To help them analyze and refine their patent claim language um, to increase the likelihood that their patent application will end up in a favorable part of the patent office, um, thus increasing their chance of actually obtaining their patent.
0: I didn't realize it could be that complicated. Certainly, getting a patent is complicated enough. Mm -hmm. But uh, there there is this concern that uh, the requests and the applications can go to the wrong place and perhaps not be acted upon or
3: Yeah, so the patent office is made up of a variety of different technology centers, Um, and within those different technology centers, you have different people working in there, and certain technologies are harder to obtain a patent uh, just because they're more competitive or you have uh, more um, harsh examiners. And so uh, by using our tools, you can figure out what actions your examiner may take and prepare for those, as well as determine how to best address the concerns that your patent examiner may be, may bring up um, about why your application may not be patentable.
0: I wonder how well equipped the patent examiners are to deal with this technology which is uh, difficult for most people to understand.
3: By the nature of patent is applying for something new and innovative, you know, so it is something something new and part of the process of applying for a patent is working with that examiner to help them understand what you've invented. Hmm.
0: Sam, let me turn back to you with regard to what you're doing. What exactly is your company doing in this field?
1: Uh, So my company consults with organizations that are adopting uh, AI technologies to help them understand those technologies and the, the landscape of solutions. And I also work with the vendors of those technologies to help them understand the needs of the market broadly. Uh, and uh, my podcast, This Week in Machine Learning and I, is really focused on market education, under, helping the, the many people that are entering this market today understand the, the breadth of uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and all of the related technologies and um, the various impacts that they're having.
0: And David, how about uh, AI software? Yeah, so AI software uh, started in mm-hmm. January of
2: last year with the goal of going into companies, and making all of a company's intelligence accessible in the simplest possible way, through chat. So you could think of what we're doing is almost like Siri or Alexa, but for the workplace. So we've got clients in the recruiting space, for example, that will use Jane to help uh, with their onboarding and bringing on new team members. We've got an oil company that's using Jane to work through their customer success uh, team where when someone calls up and asks about what make and model of oil they should put in their uh, Ford F-150, Jane can help them get an answer to that a lot faster. So we work with both companies uh, for accessing their internal intelligence for their team members as well as accessing it for uh, their customers on their website as well
0: you had indicated that uh, you're you're having this uh, event tomorrow and that you're anticipating some 350 people to participate are these all local people
2: uh so we've got 350 people uh many are local but a lot of people are coming in from out of town mm-hmm. as well we've got folks coming from uh, IBM Watson Amazon uh Amazon web services Showtime Uh, Local folks include Worldwide Technologies. Uh, We've got folks from NVIDIA coming. It's going to be a really good uh, day with over 35 different tracks for people to learn what's happening on both AI, machine learning, and how it can apply to the workplace.
0: What are some of the more interesting, unusual, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, issues that people are working on these days in the AI field?
2: So I I think there are a lot of different sub-problems within AI, Uh, a couple that stand out. A classic one is vision uh, recognition, uh, image recognition. So if you think about self-driving cars, the classic one, if you go search for chihuahuas versus muffins, there's a nice little infographic that will show you something that's pretty easy for humans to detect, but pretty hard today for AIs to pick out. Uh, another area that we're, that's very close to where we spend time on is natural language understanding. That's where software can understand what you mean and what you should ultimately do about it. So, if you think about it, an Alexa skill or something that we're doing with uh, with our company uh, at AI software, our AI Jane can take a response that you sent to her, parse it out, and understand if you mean to go look up something in an email, or to pull a document, or to go do a search.
0: Mm. Sam, what are the what are the big challenges you're facing? Uh, not you personally or not necessarily your company, but in this whole field uh,
1: there are a number I think one of the biggest is the shortage of skills um, there is uh, there's a typical a traditional role the data scientist that many companies will uh, charge with pulling these types of applications together uh, and that that skill set requires some statistical knowledge. It requires uh, a bit of software development understanding. It requires a deep domain expertise, and it's been difficult for organizations to find uh, these individuals and build programs around them. Uh, More recently, companies have been creating teams that have a balanced mix of these skills in order to overcome that, uh, that talent gap, but there's still Uh, What many more opportunities available uh, than there are people to fill those opportunities.
2: The the other thing I'd add to that is that AI is here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. (laughs) And so this idea that uh, we've got a lot of organizations that are in a transition of figuring out their AI strategy. Uh, You see a lot of companies that are investing time, resources, and energy into getting proof of concepts out, getting data scientists hired and figuring out how they can dip their toe in the water for their first AI implementations. Right.
0: Uh, I want to come back to Katrina on something along these lines in just a moment. We have to take a break, so be patient, Katrina. We'll be right back. Uh, and I'll also ask uh, members of the listening audience, if you have questions about artificial intelligence you'd like to raise, this is the time to do it. You can give us a call at 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us an email to talk at org. or send us a tweet at stl on air. Back in just a moment, this is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. And welcome back. And we'll be continuing our conversation on artificial intelligence uh, with Katrina Brundage, a data scientist with Juristat. Sam Charrington is the founder of CloudPole Strategies. David Karandish is the CEO and co-founder of AI Software. Katrina, let me come back to you. Can, can you tell us, is it legally uh, okay for you to tell us about some of the most unusual uh, kind of patent requests that have gone through you in the uh, artificial intelligence field?
3: Well, we don't actually um, handle a patent application. What we do is provide information to the attorneys to better develop their strategies. Um, so that can take lots of different forms of whether we're pulling a custom report um, or pulling uh, data on a specific topic, like a Supreme Court case. Um, Alice versus CLS Bank has been a really popular one that we've studied in depth. Um, but. We also provide information on every examiner that um, the USPTO has actively, and we can provide statistics to the attorneys on how that examiner may respond to an application. Uh, but then our newest technology is Juristat Search, uh, where we're developing a search-based platform to take in natural language responses um, and provide back similar patent applications that may be pertinent to the work the attorney's doing.
0: So, But you're not taking specific requests for a patent and, and telling people how to strategize that?
3: Um, we do take in the, the patent language, mm-hmm. a claim language, and we analyze that in the context of our database of o- over seven or eight million patents. Oh. Um, but um, we don't actually handle the application. That's something the attorneys do. Yeah,
0: Sam, I'm coming back to you. I've, picking up on a conversation we had uh, off, off the air. Um, you had indicated earlier that the media has sometimes and perhaps often given a false impression as to what is going on in this field. Uh, expand on that. Uh, w- what is happening that you'd like to see change?
1: Uh, I think it's really just uh, an issue of, of education and and helping the, the broader community understand where these technologies really are. A great example is some time ago, sometime last year, there was some Facebook research published that talked about how they had these two chatbots that uh, they kind of wired together to negotiate with one another. Uh, And by the time the media, they published a paper about it. One of the great things about the AI community is that the uh, academic research tends to be very open. A lot of the companies publish their results. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then At some point, the media got a hold of this and all of a sudden you'd see articles around how these AIs were creating their own languages and uh, talking about us behind our backs, that kind of thing. The articles were really uh, crazy, Um, but the reality was much more simple. And you see a lot of articles like this, you know, robot escapes from factory or robot tries to escape from factory. You know, there's a kernel of truth there somewhere, but uh, the – uh, the uh, it's sensationalized.
0: Yeah. Well, some of the things that I've read about con- uh, concern autonomous weapons, where pe- wars could be fought without people being involved, or that uh, David the the uh, robots becoming so smart and so intelligent that they could take over. I mean, is this just beyond the realm? This is a sheer. Imagination.
2: I think we're still a lot closer to Clippy from Microsoft Word 1995 than we are to the Terminator, uh-huh. just in terms of the timeline of the, of the technology.
0: What do you make of all of this, Katrina?
3: I mean, at the end of the day, the software is created by humans, and it's, it augments what we do. So it's going to improve our, our day-to-day and um, the way we work. Uh, make us better, faster, cheaper, um, but then ultimately allow us as humans to focus on the more enjoyable parts of our jobs, like human interactions and developing strategies and things like that that take more complex knowledge.
0: Looking down the road, Sam, what kinds of things do you see that uh, would be in the very early drawing board stages right now? What, where, How far can we go with this?
1: Yeah, I think one of the areas that uh, is early but that I'm uh, very interested in as are others is uh, technology called reinforcement learning. Uh, the idea with reinforcement learning is that uh, it's the closest – one of the closest things we have in the realm of AI to uh, computers learning the way humans learn. Uh, when you hear about uh, computers learning how to play games like Atari games or chess or Go – uh, they're typically using this reinforcement learning type of a, approach. And it's mm-hmm. basically one where you, as opposed to feeding the system with lots of data, uh, you're setting the system loose in an environment and uh, trying to allow it to kind of maximize its performance in this environment. And it's got exciting implications um, uh, down the line in uh, the way, you know, we build industrial robots and even the way we optimize marketing campaigns and other things, but it's still very early.
0: What do you think, David?
2: Yeah, I think reinforcement learning has a lot of promise. And I I also think, though, that the paradigm of how we interact with AIs is going to shift over time, where initially uh, a lot of AI systems will be all about access. How can we just access data using natural language and simple, straightforward queries? From there, on top of that, we'll build the concept of actions. So instead of, uh, when is my next meeting with Doug, uh, go schedule a meeting between three or four people. From there, you'll start to see these systems take off where we can pull analytics. So like even today, I can pull analytics on every email that gets sent to me on whether they're positive or negative sentiment or uh, on whether a salesperson is friendly or cheerful when they do an outbound. And so if you go access to actions, to analytics, to ultimately decisions, you could see where AIs can start to step in and say, oh, I moved your meeting back 10 minutes because you've got a 10-minute drive time. Or, oh, it looks like uh, you're going to need this material for this particular uh, upcoming event.
0: Another of those things that I think people talk about and wonder about is using this kind of technology or having it fall into the wrong hands. I mean, we've seen what's been going on with, uh, with Russia and the United States in the elections, and they <clears throat> apparently have been able to manipulate somehow some of our, uh, some of our uh, electoral attitudes and uh, actions. Uh, is, is this something that we have to be concerned about, that uh, somebody else in an island someplace is going to come up with something that, that could be dangerous to individuals or humanity?
1: I think uh the question the 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 notion of it falling into the wrong hands kind of supposes that it's in our hands and someone else could get it but um you know other countries are investing heavily China yeah. for example is investing tremendously in AI technology uh as are you know Russia and other companies and so uh it's it's not a situation of a cat getting out of a bag so to speak it's it's more um, reinforces the the importance of us continuing to advance the technology and not getting uh, distracted by you know fears of the Terminator and using that as a reason to slow our own innovation.
0: But by the same token, if other people who are adversaries are working on things that they could uh, ultimately work to our disadvantage, uh, Katrina.
3: I, I think the bigger issue is ignorance. Um, if people don't understand the data they're providing to these algorithms or how these algorithms are using their data, Um, we end up with situations like Cambridge Analytica uh, where people actively provided Facebook with information um, and now are upset about how it was used. Um, So we we have to be wise consumers, but then us as the ones developing the technologies also need to be aware of those ethical concerns that may be involved with the algorithms we de- develop and address them.
0: Yeah, but, well, we can be concerned about it. We can be as ethical as all get out. It's the other guy I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I think security and privacy have to
2: evolve at the same rate that AI is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you think back to the early days of email, uh, you could log into an email and it would, uh, if you forgot your password, they would give you a very simple question like, you know what was your home address, and that could be easily hacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, two-factor authentication has driven down the number of email hacks to a much, much smaller percentage of total total emails. I think similarly, you're going to see something happen within AI where the security and permission permissioning will continue to advance uh, in order to keep this data safe and secure. Can AI be
0: hacked, Sam?
1: Uh, AI is computers and software, and computers and software can be hacked. So it's absolutely uh, critical for us to uh, secure those systems.
0: And, and how do we do that?
1: Uh, you know, I think you know when I think of the first line of defense, there it's it's cybersecurity and kind of traditional uh, systems uh, security. Uh, there are there's an emerging area. Uh, called uh, adversarial examples. And this is uh, the idea of creating uh, creating data to fool an AI. So hmm. the one of the classic examples uh, that's relevant in the concept of self-driving cars is like, there are things you can do to manipulate a picture of a stop, a stop sign that makes it look like a school bus or a giraffe. Uh, it's a current research idea, uh, this idea of Uh, Of being able to fool AI. Um, But uh, it's, you know, we're very far from, you know, seeing any, uh, you know, manipulation using that kind of technique.
0: We've only got a little over a minute left. Where are we in this whole field? Are we in the horse and buggy stage when it comes to AI? And we still have to go through the automobile stage and then spaceship stage? Or are we farther along than that?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's really early on, um but at the same time I think it's important for, you know, particularly businesses to understand that there's true uh value that's available through these technologies today. So, uh there's a, a quote that I that I've presented on a couple of occasions by uh the CTO of a company called Elsevier 3 years 2 years ago, he says, "Hey, in 3 years if you're not uh, on this. You're going to be so far behind, you can't, uh, you can't catch up. And that was two years ago. Um, businesses need to begin to understand the opportunity and how they're going to work that into their operations.
0: One would happen in 30 seconds, uh, David. One would think that we're already there, that a lot of businesses have caught on to this.
2: Oh, businesses are adopting this stuff as fast as they can. I haven't met with a business that doesn't have some viewpoint into how AI is going to, going to affect the way that they transact and the way that they troubleshoot. And so we think that both from an internal team member perspective and from a consumer-facing perspective, AI is going to make a big dent in the business world.
0: Do you have a final thought in 10 seconds, yeah. Katrina?
3: I just would say that you know some industries are further than others. Um, so AI technologies in like providing you with a Google searcher are progressing nicely, but in other areas like medical and legal where the ideas are more complex. They're more infancy.
0: I've got to say thank you to all of you. Katrina Brundage. thank you for being with us. Thank you. Sam Charrington, thank you for being with us, founder thank you. of Cloud, Cloud Pulse Strategies, and David Karandish, co-founder of AI Software. Thank you for being with us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.